Kristen, 4th of July weekend. Woohoo, America! What are you doing? Happy birthday, America! <laughs> Happy birthday! I what, love America! What do you, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Well, <laughs> well you, and I, you and I can talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> yes, yes, America! Love it. So what am I doing? I'm do, celebrating... I have a mo- do I have a movie for you, Kristen? Um... <laughs> I'm celebrating our great nation. Okay. That's good. That's good to hear. And uh... In what manner? Well, I'm invited to a few parties. I'm not sure if I'm going to make all of them, but, you know, I'll try to hop from one to the next to the next and end up watching fireworks in the end. And... You're going so to get patriotically plastered. Probably. Okay. And then I'm going to sing all my favorite America songs. Okay. I sing a lot of America songs during the 4th of July. Do you mean by the band America? Like no. Sister Golden Hair and no, no, Horse no, no, no Name? No, 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 no. I have in my head. I, I have soundtracks in my head for different events in life and okay. different times of year. And one of the soundtracks is called America's Greatest Hits. Okay, and, nice. And that includes Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. It includes Coming to America by Neil Diamond. Oh, that's, well, includes, that's a good one. You know, it has lots of America songs. Proud to be an American by, uh, what's his name? Right. Uh, for yeah. at least I know I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> I won't forget the men who died. Yes. Give that right to me. And yes. I'll gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. You know the song. I do. I know the song. Why didn't you sing with you me? You wanted me to I sing it, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm definitely no not going to sing that, that song. I love this land. Come on, you want to sing Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. Are you singing on the 4th of July? What are you doing on the 4th of July? I doubt it. I'm going to Rhode Island. In Rhode Island, they do no singing. They, they don't. Is that true? No, I just said that because you were not singing with me today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know anything about Rhode Island. Neither uh, do I. I'm just going to go. Is it go. an island? It's just, I don't know. No, it's just New That's England. That's what I thought. All of New England is exactly the same to me. So they're a state full of liars I'll and they don't them, even sing. I'll tell them you said that. <laughs> the que- but then the question is... Is anyone going to go to the movies this 4th of July? I don't know. I don't right. know. You're just, you know what? I'm just going to say something here. I think you just think no one's going to go see these movies. Well, I, that's, we'll have to, we'll have to see. Maybe, maybe we'll have something to recommend to you. On maybe. Listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but before we do, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, producer for The Takeaway, and this is God Bless America Movie Day. The first movie we're going to talk about is Earth to Echo. Now, this is a family film, and you know you know me in family films. You have kids. I have kids. I'm always looking for a good family film. And you never find them. And I never find them. Uh, this is, uh, I'll just say, because the filmmakers have been pretty blunt about it. Uh, the director is a guy named Dave Green. Uh, he's been pretty blunt about saying that he just wanted to make a movie a lot like E.T. And um, so here's what he did. He made a movie about a bunch of kids in a suburb who find an alien stranded in their midst and they decide to help him get home. And in the meantime, they have to ride around on their bikes and avoid some uh, nasty government types who want to capture the alien. Um, so there you go. <laughs> here's, here's a clip of Earth to Echo. One beep is yes, two beeps are no. Watch. Is one beep yes? <laughs> Yo, that's so tight. Are we in a barn? (laughs) Okay, I have a question. Are we going to die tonight? 
Yes, I do wish you would die. No, no, no. Now, come on, Kristen. Now, wait a minute. I don't want these kids to die. I just want this movie to go away. Oh, I'm supposed to not (laughs) say that right away. I'm supposed to tell you a little bit more about it, aren't I? What did you object to in this? In Earth to Echo. It is so freaking derivative. It is, you know, I love E.T. E.T. is a fantastic, fantastic movie, but it's so magical. And this movie doesn't have any magic to me. And E.T. is so clever and unusual. And it has just rich characters. It has female characters in it. There's a female character in this. Oh, barely. She's just there to be the love interest conflict there halfway through the movie. But do you know what I mean? Kind of. Like the mom and the sister were major characters in E.T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This, not so much. No. Also, um, it seems like it's not just a ripoff of E.T. It also feels like it's a total ripoff of Goonies. You know, it the is, movie opens... It is, and also uh, Stand By Me was the director's yes. other... He, I mean, he, the director was, <laughs> in the in the press notes, that he, he was wearing all these influences right on his sleeve. Yeah. You know, he's he, he named it. them all. No, yeah. he's, de- he's definitely not. Yeah, like Goonies, it opens with the kids finding out that their neighborhood is going to be demolished so that they can build a highway through it. In Goonies, yep. it was a golf course. Right. One last night of fun, going on an adventure with a map. Right. Yeah, it's right. exactly the same movie in the yes. beginning as Goonies, and then it yes. becomes the same movie as E.T. right after that. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, and then it ends feeling like Stand By Me. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just have to agree with you. It just it just seems um, not not just wholly unoriginal from top to bottom, although the, the, their one little, their one little uh, new wrinkle here is that it's uh, the modern era, so everyone's got iPhones, and the maps are on iPhones, and this is all told in what I find an exhaustively overused technique, the, 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 the video diary, right? oh, the, yes. the, fa- the found footage technique, yes. um, really tiring. Uh, but so that's one <laughs> sort of wrinkle. But yeah, the bottom line is, I've seen this movie. I've already seen this movie, and this movie is not as good. And my and my other big problem with this is that it it cutesies everything up so much. Um, you remember how ugly E.T. was in the original movie? He was this kind of short, squat, deformed-looking guy with a spindly neck. Not really attractive, but as you got to know him— You, you came, came to love him. You came to love him. He was like a, he was like a pug or something. He was like <laughs> one of these kind of odd-looking creatures that you began to really love. And this one just shoves the cuteness right in your face. Echo, the alien in this film, is this little little owl, owl kind of creature with big blinky eyes and makes little beeps and he's so cutesy woots he's got big ears and he's like a chihuahua and an owl <laughs> and, a, and a plushy toy <laughs> and a tamagotchi pet and a robot all in one oh, and everyone's always going oh hey little guy are you okay little guy and i just feel like god why don't let me put some little pen caps on your little legs and that's see right you walk oh, around look, all can, cute. now he can walk and i just I, I don't understand why filmmakers won't just treat my children like they're intelligent and like they're making sense of the world and they could take a little tough reality here and there but they they just they can't do you know what i mean and that bugs me um so once again I've gone to a children's movie and come away thinking it was just a horrible date. And this one was horrible. This I was thought. awful. And, yeah. and I tried to weasel my way out of this. And you I know you did. Me. You, I made you. you I made, made you see me it. it. Ray, for you made me I do know. It. I, I know. I learned it from watching you. And <laughs> God, why did I have to watch this movie? I would have rather have watched you, Rafer, than this movie. Oh, bad date. Bad, yeah, yeah. bad, bad date. So Pretty bad. Folks out there, don't, you don't need to see this on 4th of July. That's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I completely agree. 
What but, about America, though? This movie. Can what we do you want to know? What, you wanna, what about America, so, Kristen? <laughs> I keep on wanting to say America. Fuck yeah, because of <laughs> because Team of, America, but Team America. and also because yeah, it's America's birthday. Fuck yeah. Pizza, fuck yeah. The best version. Sushi, the fuck be- yeah. <laughs> the best version of that song is the bummer mix. Do you remember that? Oh, no. the, the sensitive, sad one. <laughs> yeah. Sing it. It's just, it's the ballad version where he's, where he's moping and he's alone. And on, and on the soundtrack in parentheses, it says bummer mix. Uh, anyway, the, the movie that you're asking about is not Team America. This one is just called America. And this is the new documentary from Dinesh D'Souza, uh, author turned filmmaker, staunch conservative. Uh, he's the guy who did uh, 2016 Obama's America, the second highest grossing political documentary. Crazy. Crazy. Um, and I would sort of say not these movies are not really documentaries in the classic sense of the word, but they're nonfiction. So we always call them documentaries. This movie is, again, it's based on a book of his. The subtitle is called Imagine a World Without Her, meaning like Imagine a World Without America, mm. uh, which the movie does not do. Um, it's, well, it's not. It's just I, the subtitle is there because I don't really know why, but that's not what the movie's about. The movie's actually about um, how leftists like Noam Chomsky and Howard Zinn are always ragging on America and pointing out all the bad things that America has done, and Dinesh D'Souza wants to. Uh, you know, make a counter-argument for that and say, no, actually, America is really great. Here's a clip. Private capital, unless it's constrained in some fashion, is extremely destructive. And more destructive than even centralized federal power? In a country like ours, yes, much more destructive. This argument at the core is a moral indictment of America and of the free market system. So... Basically, in this movie, Dinesh D'Souza uh, goes down a list of arguments, and um, but his 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 re- his responses to these arguments, I think, are are pretty horrifying. I think even for a hard a hard right person, I think well, it's going to be pretty example. shocked. Yeah. Well, I mean, for one, we've got um, the Native American Indians, uh, not genocide. He says because genocide implies an intention to wipe out a people, so that doesn't count. Um, then oh there's, the, there's, there's the fact that, uh, you know, America stole, uh, you know, half of Mexico's land, uh, you know, back after the Mexican-American War. And so wasn't that awful. And uh, D'Souza says no, all, because all, and, and he actually interviews a Border Patrol agent to prove that actually Mexicans are trying to come back in here because this country is so great. And I bet they wish that, uh, uh, that uh, America had kept all of Mexico uh, because we're great and America is a lousy, wretched, uh, poverty-stricken country. Oh, my God. Uh, slavery. Um, oh no! Now, oh god! Yeah, no! It's, no, yeah, it's, no, it's, it, no, it's, it. it's pretty incredible. Sla- it. So slavery, oh, there. You know, I don't even know if I want to hear this. The, the, I, I don't know if I want to hear this. Here's the answer. Here's the answer. Everyone had slaves. Lots of country had slaves. You know, and and wasn't America great for for being abolitionist and for getting rid of its slaves? So there, we did a good thing. And the movie kind of goes on in this way. Um, and you know. By the end, he kind of lays much of this somehow at the feet of uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't quite follow his rationale on that. And also he blames them for his own um, uh, illegal campaign contributions that he made recently, which he pled guilty to and is awaiting sentencing. But that's all um, the fault of the radicals as well. 
pretty interesting stuff. I think if you are, um, you know, a hardcore uh, conservative, maybe a, a British person from the mid 1800s <laughs> with a pith helmet and a handlebar mustache, I think Triangle this is hat. really, really, really going to appeal to you and uh, speak right to your, you know, right to your sensibilities. Otherwise. I have a feeling, um, even though that his last movie was so successful, I have a feeling this one is a little beyond the pale. Mm. And I really have a hard time seeing many um, conservative politicians coming out and saying, that's right. Everyone had slaves. So why are you all whining? So that's – I would – you know, me, I say it's a ridiculously bad date. I guess it depends on what side of the political spectrum you fall on. But um, Oh, God. This date sounds awful. It's pretty bad. It sounds so bad. And you know I love America. I know. I love America too. America – we can go on great dates together. <laughs> we we have, we've had a lot of great dates, America, but not, not this movie. Oh, sad. Yeah. Sad. I love you for everything you are, good and bad. But, that's exa- but, that's... but I don't need to make excuses for you, America. That would be kind of my approach. Why not, why not take a look at the things that you've done badly so that that way you won't do them again? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just me. Uh, there you go, Kristen. Right. There bad, you go. Bad date, it sounds like. I took that one for the team for Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Tell us about Tammy. Tammy is the story of a woman who's down on her luck. She loses her job and finds out her husband is cheating on her. She also loses her car. That's right. Hits a deer. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty bad. On the same day. Yeah. uh, This is Melissa McCarthy, and she has a tendency when things are going wrong to just try and run away from everything. She tries to uh, enlist the help of her mom. Her mom won't help her, but her grandma will. Her grandma has a car. Her grandma has a bag full of cash. Her grandma, played by Susan Sarandon, decides, Yes. We're going to run away together. We're going to go on a road trip. Maybe we'll go to Niagara Falls. Who knows what we'll do? Who knows what kind of antics we'll get into? Here's a clip. Just get pie. You want some pies? I like pie. Well, get, get a pile for you. Get a pile for... If you change your attitude, I'd like to give you some pies on me. No, that's okay, thanks. I don't care for him. So what did we just talk about? Yeah. I have a gun on yep. you. I offered you pie. Mm-hmm. He likes pies. He's got a gun to his face. Those are some antics, all right. Oh, those are crazy antics. And based on all the clips that we're seeing that are pretty much just this clip over and over, you would think that this is a Thelma and Louise movie where they're going right. from place to place holding people up. But really, they're not. That's just like the only scene where they're holding anybody up. That's true. Yeah. Now, you're a, you're a big Melissa McCarthy fan. I love Melissa McCarthy. As you know, after Bridesmaids came out, the first time I saw Bridesmaids, I was on the fence, but I loved her. She was yeah. my favorite, you might recall. Yeah. And um, then I saw Bridesmaids again, and I liked it quite a bit the second time. And I loved The Heat, as you know. It was one of yes, my me too. top 10 movies of last year. I loved The Heat. I'm one of the few people that really loved Identity Thief. I, thought, I guess you are one I, of the only people I who loved it. that was really good. <laughs> I got a real kick out of it, and I actually feel that was the that was the movie to me that kind of that cemented this persona that Melissa McCarthy has established for herself of this sort of this rough, crass slob bull in a china shop who actually has a really lovely, warm heart, and if you just gave her a little care and attention you'd find that she could really shine as a woman and mm-hmm. shine and that her femininity would come out if you could give her a little, a little spiffing up and do something <laughs> with that hair, yeah. right? And, I, and I, it's, a, it's a really lovely, fun, endearing kind of archetype that mm-hmm. she's playing. And so 
What do you think, Kristen? How, how does it work in this one? Because it is very similar, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. But I think that it's not as funny as it should be. And it's not as poignant as it should be. Those bull in a china shop moments you're talking about. Yeah. They're just kind of sloppy and they seem kind of all over the place. And like they just kind of pulled it out of the air here. And here's another thing that's kind of funny. And we'll just throw that in there. And then the poignant moments, they just don't feel like they're built up too properly in a lot of cases. Right. And um, thank goodness Kathy Bates is in it to rescue some of the movie <laughs> partway through. I have to say her character is pretty special. Yeah, she's very she's very funny. She and she and Sandra Oh play a uh, an extremely wealthy lesbian couple. Yes, but uh, Sandra Oh is like the silent partner. I'm just here pretty. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah she's really the hottie, Kathy, which yeah. is in a way kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying Sandra Oh is not pretty and it's funny that she's a hottie? No, no. I just, because I, I know a lot of people who think that about Sandra Oh. Oh, no, no, no. I just, I just think it's kind of – I just think it's, it's it's funnier to have Kathy Bates with this sort of like trophy wife figure. Do you know what I mean? I think that's kind of funny. Like the, like, like the, young, the younger hottie. Um, it's, it's the kind of thing you usually see in some kind of gray-bearded, gray you know – wealthy guy who's got the kind of hot Asian wife, but here's, here's Kathy Bates. And I think that's kind of funny and cool. Um, yeah, but I mean, but even there, where where do these two come from? Where did, where did the wealthy lesbian couple come from? They like, just why... needed to rescue the movie somehow, so we're just going to uh, throw right. them in there with some explosions. Yes, they're just like explosions <laughs> and lesbians. Exactly. Explosions just... and lesbians. Yeah. Um, I just have to point out also, Melissa McCarthy co-wrote this movie. Yes, right, and co-produced it with uh, Ben Falcone, her, her husband, husband, and he, yeah. who's in it, and he, uh, and he directed it. He yeah. di- it's his, it's his first, uh, it's his directorial debut. And the reason I wanted to point that out is because I feel that if she was going to write this kind of movie, she should have relied less on fat jokes and food jokes because she is a smart person, and these are lazy jokes to make: fat jokes and food jokes. I don't. F- I never felt too much like there were f- fat jokes. I felt, I mean, there were a few, and I felt that, I mean, you know, Melissa McCarthy, she's 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 overweight, and like someone like John Candy or a John Belushi or a Jonah Hill, she's going to use that in her physical comedy. That's that's part of who she is and what she does. But I didn't think this film went too hard in the fat jokes necessarily. I mean, I mean, there's some jokes about you know she's trying to get sugar donuts out of the vending machine kind of thing. But yeah. I didn't think that was. I love my Cheetos, and yeah. here I am eating a whole bag of apple deep fried pies. And yeah, here I am. yeah, there are a lot of those. Yeah, I go okay. I guess I see what you're saying. They, they never struck me as well. Anyway, okay, I I, I guess I yeah you know, I might I might have to I might have to grant you that point. But I I think. What's kind of odd about this is this feels like like Melissa McCarthy's attempt to like take you know grab her persona that she's established in other people's films and do one for herself. You know, I think there's there's you get this sense of hey, I'm working this magic and maybe I can take control of it and do this on my own and make and this will be my movie. And I think she just winds up taking from bits and pieces of the other movies she's been in and figuring out what works. There, there is that makeover scene that we mm-hmm. saw in Identity Thief. Um, there are those bonding moments, like you were saying, and, um, and, the, and the jokes about her being sexually aggressive, which I remember from, from Bride. From the heat. From also. the heat. That's right, the heat. And so she's incorporating you know, all these things in there that worked before, but she's not doing anything new or, or original. And personally... <laughs> I think when Melissa McCarthy improvises, her her tendency is to play the the boor or the or the boob, right? She's mm. either she's either she's either super aggressive or kind of dumb. And in this one she does a lot of that and and eventually you kind of feel like this character is an aggressive dumb person. <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? Like this is this is a character like like when like when people start criticizing her in the movie, like you know, Tammy, you got to shape up. I kind of feel like, yeah, you are a wreck. <laughs> Uh, you you are a person I would steer well clear of in real life, and that's not what you want out of a yeah. movie like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a pretty not good date. I thought it was a so-so date. A so-so date. Yeah. yeah, I didn't hate it. I actually did laugh out loud a couple of times. I did too. I did too. Um, but yeah, just not a great date. And I'm sorry about that. I want Melissa McCarthy's next movie to be terrific. I want there to be I another too. heat. I want there to be something fantastic. Well, she and she and Ben Falcone are have formed this kind of production partnership, and they've got like something like four to six movies that they're all that they're working on. And so we're going to be seeing a lot more of both of them oh, you know, in front of or behind the camera. So they've got more stuff going, some of which sounds interesting. So I, I you know, I, we, there's still hope. Good. Good. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to some movie therapy. All right. What seems to be the trouble? Can I confess something? I'm just trying to tell you about my feelings. He's been depressed. Help! Now this, as always, is where you and I with no medical degrees or uh, any kind of <laughs> knowledge or expertise of the human psyche whatsoever, <laughs> where we use that total lack of credibility to prescribe you some movies to help you with your problems. So here's this week's call. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Rafer. This is Hillary Frank. I host the longest, shortest time WMYC's podcast about early parenthood. So I've got a movie therapy question I need help with. Um, New moms, when they're up feeding the baby for hours on end, often rely on movies to get them through. But the thing is, after you have a baby, you are hyper-emotional. So I've got a challenge for you. Can you suggest 10 movies that won't make new moms cry? Hillary Frank. I cannot believe Hillary Frank, the great Hillary Frank, who's been on This American Life many times, who has the longest, shortest time podcast she called us at. Five seven one seven movies. Thank you for calling and Thank not writing you. in. Hillary. Yes, we love that you called in, Hillary. Thank you, <laughs> and um, we love your question. And Rafer, I know in particular, can probably understand and relate to your question as somebody who um, has kids himself and who um, has uh, a wife, and she's been a new mom. So this new mom's question is 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 a great one. So my picks, Rafer. My reasoning was right after having kids. That's a great time to celebrate being a woman, to celebrate womanhood in all the forms of womanhood, whether that's the funny woman, the powerful woman, the strong woman, the sexy woman, even the woman as depicted by a man. And so I decided uh, to prescribe movies that celebrate that womanhood while being ridiculous, whether it's intentional, like in Pitch Perfect, or not intentional, like in Showgirls. Uh-huh. And um, I tried to keep it really light, and I tried to avoid any movies that actually have parenthood as a major part of the plot, because I feel like it's just going to turn on the waterworks. Our goal here is to not make people cry. So here are my picks. Pitch Perfect, which I just mentioned, came out in 2012. A movie about a cappella singing girl group in college, smacking down against other a cappella groups, the singing is great. You'll laugh a lot. It's just ridiculous. And it has Rebel Wilson, who we all really love. And Anna Kendrick, who's and very charming. Anna Kendrick, who's terrific in it. Uh, my next pick, Charlie's Angels, out in 2000. That was Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz as crime-fighting girls, undercover agents who aren't afraid to pull out all the stops, including wacky costumes, martial arts, and just being charming and funny and ridiculous. Always cracks me up, and it's a lot of fun. And 9 to 5, 
powerful women. Look at this trio. One yes. of the best movies ever. One of the best movies ever. Every time they remake a movie about horrible bosses or anything like that, I'm like, why are you doing this? Right. Nine to five already. They they sealed the steel. You cannot do it better than nine to five. Yep. Women empowered in the workplace in 1980. The great Dolly Parton, the great Jane Fonda, and the great Lily Tomlin all together. Showgirls, which I also just mentioned from 1995 true masterpiece an actual masterpiece an actual masterpiece about stripping about yelling about having really weird sex in the pool yep the sex scenes are very peculiar in this movie i don't know what more you want i don't know everything's just crazy in this movie but it's so entertaining you will not cry once no you won't you will never ever cry watching showgirls (laughs) and then finally some like it hot from 1959 great tony curtis jack lemon marilyn monroe oh three gorgeous ladies some of them not really ladies, yeah. but, you know, celebrating what it's like to be... They're, they're girl musicians, by the way. Right. Yeah, they're girl musicians. And who doesn't love girl musicians? Right. Even if two of those girl musicians are guys dressed as girls. <laughs> it's so wacky, and I really think it holds up, which isn't the case of every movie from the 1950s, but Some Like It Hot really holds up. So let's hear your prescription, Rafer. I went a little bit the opposite. Um, Hillary, I know uh, that children's movies are always trying to uh, warm your heart and jerk your tears, uh, and the kids are always cute and, uh, you know, uh, moist-eyed. And uh, so I tried to find some movies that did have kids in them, kids and parents, but where the kids were something a little different. Um, so I went for The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan as a pair of twins. She's a oh, smart... Oh, I like the Lindsay Lohan version. Oh, I love the Lindsay Lohan I love it much more than the uh, than the original, Yeah, actually. me too. Um, and I think that's because of Nancy Myers, the director. It's so well-directed and so funny. And she also uh, co-wrote it. You know, great movie about two smart, funny, totally appealing kids played by the same actress. Um, also, Paper Moon from 1973. Uh, that's Ryan O'Neill and his own daughter, Tatum O'Neill. If you haven't seen it, it's a story about they're both a couple of con men slash girl uh, going through the Great Depression. Um, and it's very unsentimental, very tough. That kid is not your not your not your weepy cutie moppet type. Um, and I love that movie. I also chose The Bad Seed from 1956. Uh, now, look, this is this is a great movie. It's not a horror movie, but it's a good movie with Patty McCormick. Show-stopping performance from Patty McCormick as a cute, perfect, adorable, wonderful, sweet little girl who may be a sociopathic murderer. And the movie oh. is so fun and also very funny. It's got a great camp sensibility to it, and it's a lot of fun. I also chose Starstruck from 1982. It's a new wave musical starring Joe Kennedy as a girl living in Sydney. She wants to get with the Australian new wave music scene and be a part of it. And if she wins a local talent contest, she can also help keep her family's pub open. And it's a really wonderful movie. It's a lot of fun. Great original soundtrack from bands you've never heard of. Gillian Armstrong is the director. Uh, It's wonderful. And then finally, my last pick is Gloria from 1980, the John Cassavetes film with Gina Rollins. She plays a like a former mob mistress, I guess you would say, who has a little kid dumped in her lap, and now she has to protect this little kid from the mob. And the weird, weird thing about this movie is that the kid is intensely irritating, played by John Adams. He is... He dresses like a little, uh, like a Spanish Harlem pimp, and he he yells at everyone. He's got this horrible, awful little accent. That poor kid was the first person to ever win a Razzie for best support, for best worst supporting actress. Um, But I think it works, actually, in the context of the movie. It's an extremely strange movie. But that movie will not jerk any tears out of you, Mm. let me tell you. Those are my five picks. 
Your list sucks, Rafer. I think my list no, is awesome. No, here's why. Like, these are good movies, but I'm going to tell you, I've cried watching The Parent Trap, and I've never given birth to children. The Parent Trap? Yes, I've cried during that movie. And Starstruck, an irritating teenager who's trying to start her band or whatever. No, she's not irritating. She's, she's so she's irritating and, and Gloria and that kid in Gloria. I like, love that kid. God, and, I and, love and that kid. Worst of all, Bad Seed, you want to have a new mother watch a movie about a child that may kill you? You won't cry. Oh, wait for these you picks won't are, cry. I'm sorry. I, I usually am very <laughs> thrilled with your movie therapy prescriptions, but this is, I have to say that this week, I think that your prescription is ridiculous. Hillary, if you make it through the list, let us know what you think. If I steered you wrong, I'm sorry. And everybody else out there, as always, you can call with your life issues, with your questions, with anything you need help with. Rafer and I will prescribe some movies for you to help you through whatever it is you need help with. Our phone number is 5717-MOVIES. All right, Rafer, as usual, let's close up this shop doing some movie trivia. Last week, we'd been talking about Transformers, colon, Age of Extinction, terrible film. Robots. Robots. In disguise. <laughs> in disguise. <laughs> and that got us to thinking about other robots on film. And so we tried to pick one that wasn't too obvious. We played you this clip. Overwhelming, am I not? Are you too startled? Am I too removed from your ken? What? Who are you? We asked you to name that movie and name that robot. And we got the right answer. This is Heather from Fort Worth, Texas, and I think the answer to this week's trivia question is Logan's Run, and the robot's name is Bob. Thanks, guys. Heather in Fort Worth. Awesome. Nicely done. Nicely done. Well done. Thank you so much for calling us. And a reminder to listeners, every week we just randomly pick one winner from the many calls and emails and so on that come into us at Facebook. That's facebook.com slash movie date podcast. So you can call us or write us anytime up until the day before our podcast comes out. So this week's question, in honor of aliens because of Earth to Echo, We are asking you to name a movie that includes aliens, and we're going to play a clip of this movie right now. Oh, no. Not again. If you know that alien movie, give us a call at 5717movies. Or you can visit us at our website, facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. Check, please.